Hi, I'm Kate Spina. This is Toward Light, Practical Buddhism for the Modern World. Each week, I explore ways to apply these timeless teachings to our daily life. Hello, and welcome to episode 38 of season two of the Toward Light podcast. This episode, I'm going to be talking about the five hindrances. The five hindrances are found in the fourth foundation of mindfulness. So when we're practicing mindfulness, we can turn our attention to the first foundation, the body, the second foundation, Vedana or feeling tone, the third foundation, mental formations, and the fourth foundation, dhammas. And dhammas are different collections of our experience or different ways that we might be experiencing the world. And the five hindrances are one way that we can look at our experience. We can look at the presence and absence of the hindrances. The hindrances are greed, aversion, sloth and torpor, restlessness and worry, and doubt. You can see that they're sort of pairs, greed and aversion, sloth and torpor, restlessness and worry, and doubt. Now, the reason that sloth and torpor are listed with two words, same with restlessness and worry, is that one is pointing to the body experience, one is pointing to the mental experience. So sloth in the body, torpor in the mind, or restlessness in the body, worry in the mind. We can see these hindrances in our formal mindfulness meditation practice, and we can also see them throughout our lives. They can be very obvious or they can be quite subtle. So there are lots of ways we can understand them in our experience. We can reflect on times when we felt these hindrances or we can notice how they show up in our body or what types of thoughts go along with them. One way to get the feel of these hindrances is through two different sets of similes that the Buddha used in the teaching. The first is the set of similes about the presence of the hindrances. And he uses the example of a bowl of water. And if we're experiencing greed, it's like the water has been dyed a color. Or if we're experiencing aversion, it's like the water is boiling. If we're experiencing sloth and torpor, the water is overgrown with algae. If we're experiencing restlessness and worry, it's whipped by the wind. If we're experiencing doubt, it's like clouded with mud. So with all five of these similes, what he's pointing to is that you cannot clearly see what's happening. Whether it's dyed a color or boiling or overgrown or whipped by the wind or muddy, you can't clearly see your reflection. You can't clearly see what's happening in the moment. So these five hindrances, they hinder our capacity to see clearly. And so in our lives, when we notice we're getting really stuck in a story or our ideas are very different than the people around us or we're bumping against something in some way, we can ask the question, am I clearly seeing my experience? What's getting in the way of my capacity to clearly see what's happening? 
and you might find one of the hindrances. Now, it's important to know that in the foundations of mindfulness, the Buddha is consistently pointing to this idea of presence and absence. So it's important to notice when the hindrances are present. It's equally important to notice when they're absent. He had a second set of similes of what it feels like when we're released from these different hindrances. So the absence of greed feels like we're relieved from a debt. The absence of aversion feels like we've recovered from an illness. The absence of sloth and torpor feels like we've been released from prison. The absence of restlessness and worry feels like we've been liberated from slavery. And the absence of doubt feels like we've crossed a desert safely. So while these are pointing to what the absence feels like, it also naturally is pointing to what the presence feels like. So greed feels like we owe a debt. And when we feel relieved from that, that's when greed is absent. So you might notice this in your life. If you're really wanting something, it it just seems like it's sort of like owning you in a way, or you're constantly working toward it. And then all of a sudden, if you let go of that greed, if you let go of wanting that thing, that person, that whatever, then there is this relief and it feels like it's no longer pulling you. The absence of aversion, this idea of recovering from an illness. So when we're stuck in an aversive mind, it's like we're sick with hatred, anger, aversion. And when we're relieved from that, say you really don't like something and you really don't want to do it and you have to do it. And then in the process of doing it, you actually find that it actually wasn't so bad at all. And there's this relief feeling. It's like being free of an illness. It's like it takes over your whole system, but then it can you can let it go. This sloth and torpor can feel like a prison. It can feel like we're trapped in sort of a slow, heavy body or a cloudy mind. And so this idea of being released from prison and being free of that can be very liberating. Restlessness and worry. So the absence is being liberated from slavery. So we can, when we have restlessness in the body or worry in the mind, we can feel very owned by it. We can feel like it's driving us, it's taking over, it's making us do things or making us think things. And when that releases, we feel liberated. And doubt, we can sometimes look out, if we're using this simile of crossing the desert, you can look out and see all the dangers and not think you're going to make it. And then you cross safely and it's such a relief. So we have these sets of similes to help us look at the hindrances. As we see the hindrances, we can know what leads to them and what helps us to be free of them. Taking restlessness and worry as an example. If you sit down to meditate after you've had six cups of coffee and then your body's restless and your mind's buzzing, hmm, 
oh, maybe what led to that was drinking six cups of coffee before I meditated. Maybe I shouldn't do that. So sometimes it can be that simple. And we get to know for ourselves what is our tendency with these hindrances, what, which are more likely for us. Some really common things is sometimes after a meal, sloth and torpor can be more present, things like that. And in a commentary to the Majjhima Nikaya, there is a list of antidotes for each of the hindrances. Now, for all five hindrances, one of the antidotes that's listed is good friends and suitable conversation. So when we're surrounding ourselves with people who are also on the path or a path, people who are working toward leading an ethical, present, kind life, we are more likely to be able to break free from these hindrances they're less likely to put their hooks into us because we're being surrounded by the Dharma, the truth of things, people who understand that as well. And so I'm just going to point for each of the five hindrances, I'm going to point to one antidote that I've found very useful for each one. So for greed, guarding the sense doors, there was a period of time on Instagram when I was following some fashion designers And I noticed a lot of greed arising. I want this dress. I want these shoes. Oh, I wish I had that bag. And so I stopped following them. I guarded my sense doors. I took out something that was leading to greed. And then I didn't think about it anymore. I didn't think about those shoes or that bag. And when a desire for something came up naturally, like, oh, I need a new sweater, it was out of more out of necessity than out of greed and it felt more wholesome and more skillful to act upon so we can guard our sense doors in a lot of ways we can notice what content we're letting into our lives who we're interacting with how we're structuring our days so these are ways that we can guard our sense doors to combat the hindrance of greed To combat the hindrance of aversion, metta practice is very useful, either formalized metta practice or something more organic in your day when you walk by people wishing them ease, wishing them peace, just in your mind. You don't have to say it out loud, but finding ways to weave this kindness into your life and noticing that when aversion is present, if you can taking the time, even if it's two minutes or five minutes, to do a quick formalized metta sit, just to cut off this flow of aversion. If we're experiencing sloth and torpor, a really useful tool can be light. So whether you're meditating, maybe opening your eyes to let in some light, or opening some shades so you can have sunshine, or going outside, or turning some lights on, but often light can help wake us up, right? Like the sun does that every morning. It rises, the sunshine wakes us up. So we can use light to help us as an antidote to sloth and torpor. For restlessness and worry, one of the antidotes is using that sort of 
busy mind that's happening, but placing it on the Dharma, questioning the Dharma, studying the Dharma, maybe connecting with elders or teachers and having conversations, bringing curiosity, using that energy that's happening in a useful way is an antidote to restlessness and worry. And when doubt arises, it can be very important to stick with your commitment, the aditana, this determination. So let's say you have a commitment to meditate every day and some doubts arising and you think that maybe you should stop meditating. If you can hang on to that commitment, sort of fake it till you make it or work through that doubt, so often that commitment will then lead to more faith, will break that hold that doubt has on you. But sometimes we just need to kind of keep going, even when it feels wrong or we're not sure or whatever. We can stay committed to the path, and that commitment can be an antidote to doubt. So however you notice these five hindrances showing up in your life, if you surround yourself with people, with conversations, with study, the likelihood is that these hindrances will happen less frequently and for less amounts of time. You can use them as a tool to help you understand your mind and your experience and your relationship with your present moment. Thank you for listening. Please check out any links in the show notes. You can find me on my website, towardlight.net, or on Instagram at towardlight108.